Hey gamers, this is Joe of What I'm Playing Now, and I have episode 119 of the podcast that was originally recorded on June 26th of 2016. This episode will just contain an interview I had done with Roger Daring of Grievous Games Unlimited. We are discussing his Kickstarter that had just completed for his game Dungeon Crusade. Enjoy the episode. Joe from what I'm playing now. Thanks for joining me for another podcast. I have another interview, and this week's interview is with Roger Deering of Groovis Games Unlimited. Roger, how are you doing today? Hello, Joe. How are you doing? I'm doing great. It's nice to be here and talking to you about it. Yes, yeah. We've talked a little bit before on the phone when we were trying to set this up a week ago, and a bunch of things came up. We had to delay a little bit, but we're finally able to have a conversation. And one of the reasons why we were delayed a little bit, you went to Origins. How did how was Origins for you? How did that work out? That was the craziest trip, really. That we <laughs> let me let me tell you about this. I lugged, you know, and the information I had, I took Dungeon Crusade, and you saw how massive it is. Yes. Um, we all we all packed it up in the car. Every piece of Dungeon Crusade got to Origins, and it was like ninety degrees out for one. And it was a beautiful day. We got caught right in the middle of a parade right oh, in no. down main street so and then they had construction everywhere so you know we're trying to get into origins we finally get in we're going to bring dungeon crusade and set it up for people and the event i'm um, the guy who put on the event said you can't bring it in here and i was like what oh no way and, yeah he said because it's and he was very very nice he said you have to reserve um you know like a demo booth and ex in the exhibit hall okay um However, though, I got a lot of paperwork to bring home, and next year, myself and David Lockwood from Obsidian Software, we're, gonna, we're thinking of taking a booth out. We're going to definitely have the games. We're going to set up a, an awesome booth and sell the game right there and do it the right way this time. So we have all this knowledge we walked away from. But we met people. Um, I met um, the guys from the Dice Tower. Um, awesome. Yeah, I saw the Undead Viking was there, and I talked to just many other Kickstarter people and got some good advice. and. Reaper Miniatures. I talked to the guys at Reaper. Um, yeah, it was fun. It was an awesome, awesome time. Oh, I can I can just imagine. Now, have you have you considered going to Gen Con? Actually, yes, because David Lockwood. Just so people know, David Lockwood's like my long lost brother at this point. <laughs> he really, he's just um, probably one of the most incredible people I've met in my life. He is the project manager, and so. You know, he's got to, he's working on the Pathfinder or he has worked on the Pathfinder um, for PC, the, the game for PC. They developed that and it's on tablets right now coming to Steam. So he's going to Gen Con to promote that. And I believe I'm going to haul Dungeon Crusade out there to Gen Con, the prototype game, so they can see it. Yeah, so that's Pathfinder Adventures. And that's, I believe, out on iOS and Android. And I actually talked about that several weeks ago on my podcast because that's something that I have been playing lately. There you go. Thank David Lockwood for that. <laughs> yeah, he yeah. was a developer on that. Yeah, I'm actually a pretty big Pathfinder fan. I, down at uh, Recess, I actually run the Pathfinder Adventure card game. Um, I run the organized play down there. I've done that for about two years now. I've been wanting to get that game. I swear, at Christmas I wanted it. But the thing is, Joe, I, I'm a huge gamer, but I had to really stay focused on doing Dungeon Crusade. So you owe me how teach me how to play that game. Oh, that definitely. That's, that's a no-brainer. We could do that. Okay. <laughs> so talking about Dungeon Crusade, where did you come up with the idea for this? I mean, that game is massive. It, it is. <laughs> and I'm going to start by saying this beforehand. It looks – it is a lot. I don't really like complex games. There is a lot to Dungeon Crusade, but it's very easy mechanics. I don't like complex things. So there is a lot to it. But um, to be honest, when did I start Dungeon Crusade? Um, I can tell you. I'll be, I'll be quick because I don't want to draw it out. But um, when I was like seven, eight, or nine for Christmas, my mom got me the original Dungeon board game. Remember that? I mean, I'm yep. talking like from the late 70s. Nope, that, yeah, yes, yes. You you can probably notice the gray on my beard. Yes, I'm. I, I, I know that. <laughs> I, I got that game, and out of everything I got for Christmas, that's what I just love. Because I never saw Dungeons and Monsters, and I remember playing that thing constantly. And then um, it just really sparked from there. Like, I got Dark Tower, Milton Bradley's Dark Tower. 
Um, I, just, still, I, I still have my dark tower behind me, but my tower is broken currently, so I need to get it repaired. Yeah, but I, that, that's the stuff that I was, you know, that I was raised on. And, of mm-hmm. course, my, my favorite game in the whole wide world is the 1980s Dungeon Quest. Okay. I, I, trust me, I'm going to spare you all the stories with that, but just know that I, that's very endearing to me. I love that game. And then, of course, Warhammer, or, uh, yeah, Warhammer Quest and Hero Quest and all of those old RPGs. Remember, mm-hmm. like Baldur's Gate, yep. Might and Magic, um, Wizardry, Ultima. And it's just – and I love board games – and it, it took me a while, Joe, to seriously think. I mean, I went through so many revisions. People will never know how long it took to get to this point because I wanted to. The experience you're seeing now with that overworld of the Avalon Adventure board game, right? And a huge dungeon crawl game. And it, it took me a while to really um, bring that to fruition of what I wanted to do with that game. And finally, after just years and years of just trial and error revisions, taking out stuff that didn't work or rework it to make it awesome, I brought I Dungeon Crusade. And of course, I've crafted a whole story with characters and um, books, as we call them. This is the first book, Genesis of Evil. And it just talks about the, the events that transpired in Avalon to why all these monsters now are inhabiting Avalon. And it, I have it planned up to like the third book right now. And um, so there's a lot. So sorry cool. if I was long-winded with that. No, no you were not. That's, that's, uh, that's an excellent explanation, but that's going to lead into another question, kind of based on something you had just said. I guess what were some of the early iterations of the game like and what are some of the biggest changes you've made since like its inception and since some of those early versions that you, you know, kind of, you know, came up with it, you know what it was like, and honestly, this is going to sound funny when I say this, I had to break free of the shackles of like, of what, like what we were expected to think for a dungeon crawl game. Um, Actually, when it started, dungeon crusade was a tile based game. And there's like a big story about this, and I don't want to get too involved with it, but I actually went to Hasbro in 2008, and um, I, I talked to actually one of the high-up guys there named Mike Gray, and I said, I got this incredible game. It has monster tactics and all that, and he talked to me for about five or six days, and then, you know, he got – he just said, well, okay, we've talked enough, and I just I, – and I never heard from back from him. And then I just started to, you know, create Dungeon Crusade on my own. And then, of course, the advent of Kickstarter, that's that's what made it possible for people like me to bring your ideas and show the world. And I went on there, as you might know, a, like a few years back, I went on there. And I admit this to everyone. I didn't understand Kickstarter. I had to learn. And I'm someone, when I want to learn something, I just jump right in. And it, I, in a way, I wish I wouldn't have done it. But now I'm glad I did because it's, you know, it got me to the point I'm at. But what I did was, sorry, was I finally just said when I said break the shackles of what, you know, what we think of a fantasy game, I just dropped everything and said, you know what, I'm going to create the game that I want. I want, what do I, you know, what, what do I want to do? I want a humongous dungeon with monsters that lurk on, you know, with unpredictable patrol routes or that's sorry, it's the patrol route system, Mm -hmm. but monsters that lurk with random movement. You know, I want to do have a village where there's quests, you know, from the villagers to go into the dungeon to achieve, you know, different quests and all that. And it's basically really just putting aside what what we're expected to think from a dungeon crawl game and doing something what I thought was really innovative and different and give it to fellow gamers to say, hey, here's something we could all join a community around, build together and, you know, and, and make together. And so far, a lot of people like it. Yeah, and I will say I've watched most of the videos. I think I still need to watch like the the third video because I've watched most of the other ones with like the setup, with the gameplay and everything. And I watched the patrol route one, and I actually have that written here. And since we were talking about that, I I kind of thought when you started explaining that patrol route, I go, okay, that 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 actually is really cool, and that's a that's a really good way to do that. In the earlier parts of the game, did you have any earlier systems that you were using before that before you kind of like created that whole patrol route? You yes, know, with actually, the, with the dice and everything. Yep, yeah, that came like about like three to three and a half years ago. That's when I started working with a company to make that prototype prototype die that you see now. You know, with the colored skulls, yep. the patrol route. Mm-hmm. But back in two thousand eight, um, it was tile based, and the monsters had AI tactics. 
that they would attack the hero with the most health. Um, and, you know, since it was tile based, when they would go onto a tile, they would attack a hero with the least health or a hero who is the strongest. And I'm I'm real good at you know putting monsters like a strong monster against a hero where he could do the most damage. So that was the system back then mm-hmm. um, that I used. And then again, three and a half, um, probably about three and a half years ago just from i mean really joe just work trial and error i thought of the patrol route system and it was just it it started out very basic but then i incorporated the four different you know colors for the routes right and and you can see in the gameplay it really is it's it really it is the perfect thing that i wanted to give to people for a massive dungeon where with monsters moving all around you and um i'm really excited about it and you know i even went as far as i have a patent um, pending on that. Oh, I, cool. Yeah, That's because, awesome. Yeah, thank you. And I because I want to do so many other games, Joe. I mean, not just Dungeon, but um, I have never really said this before, but I, I'm working on like a sci-fi game and then a World War II game. And um, that system I would like to put in place for a lot of stuff to give people to enjoy and for myself. And I don't know, just do something different for a change and break free of, you know, some of the you know, the mold of what's to be expected from games, yeah. especially for solo gamers. And wait, before I end, that's why I did this because I am die hard a soloist gamer. <laughs> and I'm for I am for the soloist gamer and co op. You're not gonna see too many, you know, like me versus you kind of games or where you need three people. Groovis Games Unlimited is dedicated to the soloist gamer at heart and the co op crowd. Cool. That's good because there's a lot of times where I am doing solo games here by myself if my wife's not available and I'm not going down to the store. So that's I like good solo games. That's that's always something that's good. Probably one of my top, probably favorite um, solo games is Mage Knight, the board game. I got that. And yes, the, the, <laughs> boy, that was a bear to learn. Oh yes, it was. Yes, it was. It was worth it though. But why, you are 100 percent correct. <laughs> But you know what, though, I saw it for years, and you know what, people laughed at me when they, like, not laughed at me, but kind of, like, you're doing what, years ago, and I said, I'm making a solo, you know, perfectly for the solo gamer, mm-hmm. and people are like, that's never, no one's ever going to want that, and I saw for years, Joe, for, in forums, is there any solo good dungeon board games, that's what this is, and I'm proud of that, and that's who it's directly for, is the soloist right. gamer and co-op. Yeah, no, no, that's, that's great, and that's, it's... I don't want to say it's a niche market, but it's definitely, you know, it's not going to be everybody's taste, but there's, I think right. there's definitely enough of a market out there that you're not, that it's not a problem. And, I, and it shows from your Kickstarter. I mean, you're, you know, you've successfully funded the Kickstarter. I mean, so right. obviously there's, you know, people out there with an appetite for this type of game. Oh, definitely. That's, yeah. I mean, look, yeah, the numbers speak for themselves. At yeah. least, you know, the, the people who are, you know, backing this and that's what they want and that's what we're going to give them. Mm-hmm. So now you mentioned a couple other games. So would you say that uh, Dungeon Crusade is kind of like the first game you designed? No. Oh, no. no. It's completely, <laughs> I mean, it it is night and day difference. But on, there's there was a village board, but it was very, um, it wasn't fully realized then. The only thing that really carried over um was the village board and being a dungeon theme and monsters and heroes. And of Mm -hmm. course, you know, but the way the style of it, the way the construction is, it's completely different from the other one. Not, you know, not completely, but it's the the way that the game world, rather, I'm sorry, the game world. Okay. That's what I would say to that. Okay. So one of the things I noticed, kind of when you were going through the one playthrough, you were describing the target priority box. Right. How how you have like the C one, C two, C three, right? Um, for for like the different monsters, how did you come up with all of those for all the different monsters that are in the game? I mean, did you just did you just like sit down and just make like a huge spreadsheet and say, okay, well this type of monster is going to be, you know, this type of character is going to be more effective against this monster? How, how did you create something like that? Because well, when, when when you started kind of describing that, I sat there and I'm like, he's got to have something that just has like. I can only imagine it's like a huge ass spreadsheet. <laughs> it, it was here's how I did it. As you know, there, there's six different warfare. I call them warfare types in Avalon. Mm-hmm. Okay, you know, there's physical, range, um, arcane, mythical, mind, and chaos. And what those are, you know, they're warfare styles. And I, I really used our world as an example. You know how we have karate, street fighting, jujitsu, judo. We have all these different fighting styles. So in Avalon. I wanted to bring that in there where your hero, he's not invincible. You know, you just can't do a melee and a range attack. You know, 
they're only you know they have two of those warfare types Mm -hmm. and so what and why i did that is it's true party building you know you have to really build a party up to three to accent each other to take monsters out and that's just as a side note that's one of the reasons i did that but with the warfare types um the, the target priority box and let me just clarify hopefully so people know we're on the same page each of the heroes are in a class there's six heroes right now um like class one heroes, that's your barbarian and warrior. You know, think real strong, you know, mm-hmm. like physical stuff. Okay. Class two is your rogue and the archer, you know, like real nimble, you know, rogue, right. archer. Class three is like your spellcasters, um, the cleric and the wizard. So what I did was, you know, in each course, each of those heroes have two of those warfare types. However, the monsters have three of those warfare types. And what that target um, priority does is, I actually took the time and said, okay, let's, one of our guardians is called Razor Fang. Picture, you know, the guardians of the dungeon are like the bosses. And I gave them names and wrote origin stories for all of them. Let's take Razor Fang. He is, Razor Fang is strong in physical range and mythical warfare. Mm-hmm. So what I did was I looked at the heroes and thought, and literally, I think I, if I remember, I put them on a table and thought, who would he most likely do the most damage to? Who is his aggro? going to be against and it's um it's the wizard he mm-hmm. went he would go after the wizard the most because the wizard is weak in range he's work he's weak in physical and he's weak in mythical he can't really do anything that much you know so that's how i went about doing it i just thought who would who would aggro him you know all the monsters the most and that's who they're going to go after so that's why you got to really use some strategy and tactics because these monsters are programmed to go after those heroes that they're going to do the most damage to or have the biggest chance to land a hit on to do damage right it wasn't just thrown together i assure you <laughs> oh i i could tell it wasn't but i when you when you started kind of started describing that and i just started looking at the magnitude of you know heroes and creatures and everything in there and i was like Wow, I'm like that had to have taken a while to create because there's just a lot of detail trying to match up all of that data just across the board and then and then balance it so that right. it was you know so that it was kind of like you know just one character didn't have ten monsters that were going against him and one had two you know you probably had to just do like a nice you know curve to where everybody was it was just a good balance across the board so that's why I was like man that that had to have just taken a while to create that. And can I can I touch on something about that? I've never said this before until your show. Uh, there's so many people that I see that like and not against me. I think they're just kind of misunderstood about me that they look at this and think, oh, my God, how can this game be real? Like all of the stuff going on. And, and Joe, I'm not I'm not glowing about myself. I never do that. The thing is, I just I have a real creative and imaginative mind. And I to me. All this is in my head, and I can. This makes sense to me. Do you know what I mean? If you have a plan, and you, I mean, since this is kind of like my baby, I know this game like the back of my hand. Mm-hmm. And so I think when people look at this with fresh eyes, like what you just said, like, oh my God, how could you do that? I mean, you know, I have all these systems in my head. I know where this game is going. I, you know, so that's what I just want to point out that to me, I'm in total control of that, and I would never bite off more than I can chew. You know, right. so for right now, this is plenty. Um, that that we're giving people. So I just, I'm sorry, I just wanted to address that. That I got this, basically. <laughs> that, I got. Well, this. that that's good. That's good. So when I was, I, I mentioned I, I watched most of the videos. I think there was like one video that I didn't get a chance to actually finish, but I sat there and watched like up to up to turn three, I mm-hmm. think it was. And at the beginning of turn three, there was there was a character that couldn't reach a monster, and I was wondering, is there any way that and, I'm, and, I, and I can't remember the exact layout of how the monsters were, but I think you were trying to get the monsters, you know, hoping they would come towards the one the one character. You with with the patrol route system, is there anything that you've added into the game where the characters can make noise to maybe change the route of the of a wandering monster to come towards them and maybe away from um, another another character or or j- yeah. j- j- just some way to change the patrol route. Yeah. Um, well, actually, if it, now there, okay, there's three monsters in Dungeon Crusade. There's the minions, 
and the champion monsters and the guardians. Okay, there's three divisions. Mm-hmm. Um, let's well, we're going to exclude champion monsters. Are you know those little chambers that are all over the dungeon with the doors? Right, right. Okay, champion monsters reside in those rooms. They never come out of the ju- dungeon. They are usually guarding quest items. So let's talk about minions and guardians about your question, because I want to make sure this is clear for you and everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, let's start with minions. <clears throat> There's two. Minions can either be vagrant, meaning you know they wander around. They're just shuffling around, roaming around the dungeon. When they enter the game, they're vagrant minions. They have no purpose. They're just wandering in their home. However, they can be converted to a raiding minion. And what happens when they convert to a raiding minion, there's um, little air, red arrows on the floor that point, and you use that for the for the minions to head out, and they're going to raise the, the terror level of the village. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there's, and I just discussed this with someone, there's a few ways that a raiding, a, a vagrant minion will convert to a raiding minion. And it's real simple. At the start of their turn, there's a thing called the raid die. There's six different difficulties. There's, you know, easy, um, or is it novice, easy, normal, hard, expert, master. Okay. So depending on what it is, you use you use dice for that. Like novice is D20. Easy is a D12. Um, normal is a D10. So let's, let's say we're playing on a normal raid difficulty of 10. At the start of a monster's turn, you roll the raid die, in this case a D10. If the highest value is rolled, which would be a 10, you place a raid token on that monster. All of a sudden, like if you picture that, like his little brain is, you know, that D10, and 10 comes up, he's like, that's it. I'm heading for the village. I'm going to raid the village. And then they head out. Does that Okay, so that's one way that a minion can convert to that. The other thing that can change a patrol route, um, going, you know, speaking about changing patrol routes, is if a, if a minion sees a hero within three clear spaces, you know, they know the heroes are there and they're going to head out of the dungeon. They instantly convert into a raiding minion to head to head out of the dungeon. Okay. And then to lastly summarize, um, Dungeon Crusade, the board is divided into 24 quadrants. And then, you know, they're all named, like, you know, the Runes of Hamvir, um, Chapel of Light North. Within each quadrant, there's little skull piles that are spawn points. Okay, there's like, that's like where monsters spawn in at. Off of, and so there's a little skull pile in all of those quadrants. Off of those, off of those spawn points are the, are the patrol routes, the purple, orange, green, and blue one. So when you roll that patrol route die, that monster is going on that route. But they go from that route to the next one. So if they're in the blue patrol route from one quadrant, they're going to follow that blue line to the next one. So they, they'll never, in the middle of that, like deviate to the, the orange patrol route. You know, the only thing that they'll deviate off of that path is if they see a hero or a roll of the raid die. I hope I didn't overly explain that. Hopefully it was clear nope. to... No, that was that was perfectly clear. Another excellent, excellent explanation. I mean, it's okay. And then lastly, about the guardians, and you and this came up. A backer just asked me this, and it might have been what you saw that um, there was a part where the guardian Razor Fang that we were talking about was attacking the warrior hero. Mm-hmm. Actually, the warrior is known now as a knight. We've changed his class to a knight, um, but he was attacking the warrior. If you look on Razor Fang's target priority box, he, of course, the warrior is a class one hero. At the top of Razor Fang's target priority box, the wizard, uh, the class three, is his first one he'll go after. So what I was doing was, if you played MMOs, there's a term called kiting, yep. where you cut. Okay, in Dungeon <laughs> Crusade, you can do that. You can do that. Cool. Too. So like, what happened was, I moved the wizard in range of Razor Fang, and that took the tracking status off of that warrior because, of course, the wizard was at the top of his tar- target priority box, and Razor Fang chased him. And gotcha. so that's okay. it, maybe hopefully that explains it, but that's how you can kind of lose, you know, a, one guardian from attacking one of the heroes is by kiting them. Right. No, no, that, that that's cool. I, I really okay. like that. And yeah, and I'm, I'm a huge MMO fan myself. I've been playing them for like 15 plus years now, and yeah, and you see probably a lot of WoW influences, like the cards, the loot deck um, is from World of Warcraft. I kind of tip to the hat to them, but we're a little more expanded, too, that there's another higher level called the Underworld Artifact, the black level, 
And so, um, but yeah, I mean, I was influenced. I loved World of Warcraft back in 2005, um, 2006. I enjoyed that very much. Yeah, I, th I think everybody did. <laughs> and Diablo. And Diablo. It's yes. one of my favorite games. Yes, yes. I was actually playing through Diablo 2 on a stream a while ago, and I've never actually finished Diablo 2. I finished Diablo 1 and 3, and I've never finished 2, and that's a goal of mine to finish 2 someday. So Good luck. I know eventually. Hopefully I will. That's still a great game, though. I mean, yes. I love oh. all of them. Oh, yeah, definitely they are. So you had mentioned a bunch of older games that you played when you were younger. I guess, is there any sort of favorite designer that's maybe inspired you to kind of like start designing games or somebody like back then that, or even now, like a designer that, you know, you're just, that you kind of look up to or, you know, maybe try to see what they're doing. And I don't want to say, you know, mimic what they're doing, but, right. you, you know, are there any game designers that you kind of, kind of look up to? I, you know what I have to say? It's honestly, I know when people at Dungeon Quest, I mean, I have to say that that's, game you know and and you know dungeon crusade is nowhere near as brutal as dungeon <laughs> if, if you ever have you ever played dungeon quest i do not believe i have you need to go get the 80s version of that i'm gonna gift i'm gonna gift you that and send you that show <laughs> okay and if you've you've never played dungeon quest i believe that they said there you have an, an 11 percent chance of winning this game and i don't know maybe it's just because i met my wife back like i was a late teen when i got this game and i just remember loving this game so much and the random nature of it and um i really wish i gotta send you this copy of this game now you have to play this game but i i remember just like that always like the art and just like the randomness and and just there's something about that game that's just so magical to me um but i not really people in particular i would say it's more games you know it's more like the game stuff that really you know like when i played this like it just made me oh i just got to create this game that you know i'm envisioning dungeon crusade i mean just like world of warcraft um diablo um the or very original dungeon dark tower mm -hmm. just all of all of those games really and just there's so many more that led up to wanting to do this you know game um there's so many but not like i wouldn't say anyone in particular in that it was okay. just more of the more of the game itself games right. so now have you have you actually done any demos like locally at any of the because because we live rather close to each other i think we're probably right. a stone's throw away from each other is is my guess but i guess have you done anything locally at any of the local game stores because i mean there are several different ones in the area right i would like to do that but it and to be honest joe the reason i had people in and out over the years who would help me you know play test stuff you know would get a bunch of people together and it was like i wanted to keep it secret i just didn't want any of the stuff to get out because it was really i mean a labor of love and i felt like i wanted to keep it to me until i was ready to un to reveal it to be you know truth be told that's that's why i did it however now you know trying to get into origins and definitely now in kickstarter you know everyone's seeing it um now that it's out i would like to do that now yeah. Absolutely. I would love for people like what we talked about, have it, have you film everything? Oh, yeah, um, definitely. Oh, yeah. Like we talked about, you know, Joe filming all this and narrating it and me moderating a game and having six people play so people can see the game being played. Um, but really, I was very honestly secretive about, you know, keeping this to myself. And it was just because, you know, I mean, it's an intellectual property I was trying to develop. Right. And um, it's sometimes, and I don't know if you know, but from what I've learned, it's a cutthroat business in the game <laughs> game board industry. I mean, that patrol route system. I mean, now that it's out there, I can say because I put some paperwork in order. That's a really that's a really good concept, and I'm not trying to glow about it, but that's like something really that breaks the mold of these kind of games to give people that where monsters just wander randomly in a huge dungeon. And so I, I there was some, you know, um, you know, I wanted to keep it to myself for a while, and that's why I didn't to be completely honest. Oh, yeah, I completely understand that. And like I said, that was one of the reasons why when I was watching through all the videos, uh, why I wanted to touch on that patrol route system because I was like, I go, that's actually a a really cool way of actually coming up with some, you know, to simulate like an, like to simulate AI basically on a board game. Right, and make the monsters random. So you really don't know right. where these monsters are going to go next and you have to adapt, you know, your strategy. And real quick, just think about this. You know, you can create your own scenarios in Dungeon Crusade. I have not done this yet. Imagine you create a scenario. There's 18 minions in the game. Say you created a, a, 
uh, scenario and you put and you spawn 18 minions at the start of the game and you're playing with a raid difficulty of master which would be a d4 meaning on the roll of a d4 if four comes up that monster is going to convert to a raiding minion just imagine 18 minions i've never tried that yet i already know there's people going to be doing that oh definitely definitely you know some some people are going to be crazy out there and they're going to be like well we got to try this Right. And somebody's going to say, well, I was able to beat them all, too. <laughs> yeah, I then, put it and, on film. And I was just going to say, and you're going to be like, well, I want to see pics where it didn't happen. Right. But and, so you can actually do that, though. If you if you actually try, I've never tried that yet. If you put 18 minions at the start of the game and then use maybe a raid difficulty of a D20, meaning that on a monster's turn, you roll a D20. This would be novice difficulty. And on a result of 20, they would convert into a raiding minion. That might be possible, but there's going to be some serious battling going on to kill all those minions. Oh, definitely. So, okay, so I just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah, well, no, and like I just wanted to, to touch back on um, what you had stated, what what we had actually discussed um, or when we had talked on the phone. I, I mean, doing that that get-together of, you know, a group of people and then doing not only doing a video, but I'd, I'd like to actually stream it live out to Twitch, Oh yeah, that'd I mean be great. that would that would be that would be something that would be really cool, and people can actually, you know, you can moderate and you can also hang out there and chat and see if people can have questions while we're playing the game and stuff. That would probably be a really good interaction, you know, we could get with uh, the audience and even possibly some of the backers that you have on Kickstarter. That would be great. I would love for them to see it. Yeah, anything more? I mean, I'm a very avowed guy. I think you see this. I mean, I try to answer everything. I, the more people that see it, the better. I want them to, be, you know, make a comfortable and easy decision that for Dungeon Crusade is, you know, for them. And so, yeah, any the more eyes that see it, the better. I think. Yeah, that'll be cool. We we will definitely have to do that. Hopefully, we can come up with a time frame to do that um, here shortly. Okay. So what? Other and I'm I'm guessing this is going to be an easy question to answer because you've been so busy with Dungeon Crusade. But I, have you actually been playing anything else lately? I mean, have have any other newer board games, or is is there a favorite board game you have that you sometimes just pull out and kind of revisit every now and then? You had talked about some of the stuff that you know you played, you know, growing up. Right. Um, really, honestly, Joe. The thing is, this when I get focused on something. And it's, I don't know, it's a good and bad trait. I stay on it. You know, I have so many games that I want to play. I got, I just got, I got The Witcher 3, um, Wild Hunt for my PS4. Mm -hmm. um, I've been dying. To, I had that since Christmas. I haven't really played it because I know I would deviate and put all my time in that where I have to stay focused. And actually, as a side note, that one of the artists who worked on The Witcher 3 is on Dungeon Crusade's team. Oh, nice. Um, Dame, yes, Damien. He's going to be doing, um, the I th believe, the Village Board and the Avalon Adventure Board game. Um, I'm going to tell you, honestly, I've been wanting to play Dungeon Quest, my 80s Dungeon Quest, for like, and I run it with all four heroes. I've been wanting to break that up for three months. I have been so busy talking with people. Um, you know, I can't do that. Arkham Horror. Oh, my God. I love Arkham Horror, if you've ever played that. I actually um, I actually have Eldritch Horror. Yeah, that's – I would – see. there's another one. I want to get that. For the last, God, three, four years, there's so much I want to play, but I'm someone who is like when I do something, I'm on it until completion. And so maybe now that's what David said. He said, listen, you got to just take some time for yourself, you know, yep. play something, you know, because you got to get a break a break from something you've been working on like this. You know, you got to clear your head a bit and come back with fresh eyes on it. Oh, definitely, definitely. But if I'm going to say last thing, I'll say I'm hopefully this week I promised myself I'm going to play my 80s Dungeon Quest and run all four heroes. <laughs> That's cool. That's awesome. So another question that I sometimes ask, I've asked a couple other people, um, and I have a feeling you're going to be able to easily answer this one as well. Um, how often have you been playing um, with maybe or having do you have like a normal weekly group that gets together and plays Dungeon Crusade or have you just been mainly mainly doing a lot of solo stuff with it during during the creation process? Oh, yeah. I mean, definitely a lot of solo stuff with it. I mean, a lot. And then, like, I would bring people in when I had something, you know, bring a few friends in, like, hey, play this, see what you think or bring a bigger group in and, you know, like play this. But a lot of it is um i that i soloed a lot of this stuff and and then here's the thing and i'm going to be very open and brash about this and i'm just going to say it when it, when gameplay sucks we know it sucks 
You know what I mean? And that's something with Dungeon Crusade is, and I've said this before, that I know when a game sucks. I've gamed as long as I can remember, you know, way back. And I wanted to focus on that with Dungeon Crusade, that anything that was weak or something that just didn't work, it was just removed from the game. You know, you know, and I'll here's one example and this what i'm about to tell you this sounds great listen to this it sounds like a great thing but when i play tested it oh my god it was god awful <laughs> like i had to revise the board and everything so you know the raiding minions before this is a while ago they didn't walk around really around the dungeon the corners of the map on the very corners there were they were numbered one two three and four um, this is way, way back, way back. And what happened is there would be raiding parties of monsters, like five, four or five monsters would come in on the roll of, like there would be an event, you'd roll a D4, and depending on the result, that's where they would be coming in at. Okay. So you all these raiding monsters coming in from a certain zone, heading out to the village. Sounded cool. We started play testing it. It's like, oh my God, this sucks. This is terrible. <laughs> and so totally removed from the game. But what we got out of that, this is, I mean, a while ago, God, like, like four years ago now, was like how the minions will walk, you know, how, those, how they're dispersed. So there was right. one thing right there. It was just it was just terrible. Mining in the game you used to be able to just when mining was introduced, it was just you pick when you go to a mining site, you pick one card. You know, you have a, a thing. Now it's a roll of a die. Right. It's a roll of a die of how many car, how, how much you mine. Um, so and lastly, there's a thing called a mining site can be exhausted. We found in playtesting that, well, wait a minute, if you, you know, there's four mining sites, someone could just sit there and farm a mining site, like at the beginning of the game, they could sit there and just mine, 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 and, you know, until they had all these minerals to go craft gems with. So now mining sites can be exhausted. So say you're drawing your mining cards, you're going to get a card and you've hit the bottom of the mine. It says this mine is exhausted. Okay. You leave. You leave that exhausted card on top after the next celebration day, you know, after you complete a quest table, after the next celebration day, you remove that card. The mining site has been in, has been enriched so you can mine again. So I'm just saying, I, I'm sorry, I'll stop there. But as you can see, we really, you know, put the screws to this game to make sure that it was really nailed down. And I mean, you know, you can see it being played. Right. Everything. So hopefully I didn't overword that or. Nope. Nope. Well. Another excellent explanation. Okay. All right. Let's jump over to something maybe a little different. We've been talking about, you know, um, all the time you've been spending with Dungeon Crusade um, and, and a couple other things. Is there, and I keep going back to this, some of the stuff, that, you know, some of your favorite games that you mentioned, you know, growing up and stuff. Besides um, the games that you had mentioned, is there maybe a favorite mechanic game-wise that you really enjoyed throughout the years or that you know you really you know that that you know something that you like you know like because there's worker placement games you got the deck builders you know some games have like the rondelle in there right yes i can i'm gonna tell you you know what i'm gonna say right you already know it i have an idea but dungeon, i, will let, you, I dun, will let you dungeon say quest. It. Dungeon <laughs> quest. i'm telling you i'm, I'm I, I mean listen i when all this is said i'm gonna get a 80s copy and i'm gonna mail it to you and it's like, I'm going to tell you what, when you're going to learn, I'm going to talk about this just for a minute. Um, it, it's one of these, you love it or you're going to hate the game. There's so much controversy. I did a playthrough and actually I'm going to, I'm going to link it to you, let you see the play. I did it right at Christmas and it is, it's something with that game. The combat is real simple, mm -hmm. but I, I can tell you my favorite mechanic about this game I'm going to give you this in 30 seconds. Dungeon Crusade, you put the giant board out, okay? There's a dragon's chamber, um, treasure chamber, in the dead center of the board, okay? The dungeon is blank when you start. Each of the heroes, I play with four, all four heroes. When I solo it, I play with all four. There's towers on each corner of the board. Mm -hmm. you, play, you place one of the heroes at each corner. And then what you do is you take all of these tiles, and I believe I have the, all the expansions for it. I think there is um, 147 tiles. You put those into a bag. Wow. Yeah, it's huge. Huge. And so the tiles, I think, are like maybe uh, one and a half by one and a half inch, okay? So you reach into the bag, and then you move your hero. You can only move one space. You move to a part of the dungeon. Mm -hmm. And to me, this is this is the awesome thing about this game and really what this – it struck as soon as you said that. You reach your hand in and you pull out a dungeon tile. 
and you look at it, it could have a door, it could be an open corridor, you know, it's something with a dungeon. And then you lay that down and you have to draw a room card. And there's different events that could happen. But the thing about it, Joe, is it's try the, the object is to get the hero to the center of the dungeon, to the dragon's chamber, and you have to grab its gold. But then there's some cards that you have to pick up to see if the dragon wakes up. And it does like a crap load of damage if, if cool. it wakes up and catches you. And it, it's in that that I never, ever, ever get bored of that game because every time you see it, it's so funny to see what the heroes have to go through. There's like a pendulum that swings. The big famous thing is the bottomless pit. There's a bottomless pit. There's all these, you know, like a um, wall of arrows is actually in Dungeon Crusade. And I, I lifted that right from Dungeon Quest. There's all these traps. But the thing about this game is this, and what I just said, and this is what it's known for, is the bottomless pit. And um, I know, can I can I deviate a little bit about this from a, an awesome story? Oh, definitely. Uh, definitely. Okay. Go for it. Okay. This is a true story. And I, I mean, this is what I remember. I, I live in, you know, I, I live in Elyria, Ohio. Mm-hmm. Way back in the late 80s, my best friend's name was Chris Rothgary. It was just like this big guy. He was just hilarious. The guy was just, you know, a real character. We would go out on Saturdays to all of the hobby stores. Back in the heyday, remember what it was like? There was just game stores everywhere. And I never knew about Dungeon Quest. And I swear, just thinking about this, it just makes me elated thinking about this. And really inspires me with Dungeon Crusade. I um, we went into a game store in Rocky River, and it was a cool store. It had like PC games, like you know the Gold Box series of D and D games, yep. and just the Ultima games. And then there was a whole section with all these board games. And I remember that he went over and he picked up Talisman. He never saw Talisman. I know that's just the classic. And so I was looking, and I saw the cover of Dungeon Quest with this hero fighting a dragon, and I was just all into it. And I looked at it like, you know, like oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I flipped, I flipped the box over, and I saw this awesome art. And it was from game. The game is made by Works, um, Games Workshop, but actually, the game originated in Sweden. In Sweden, it's called um, Brock Dorgan, if I said it right. So Games Workshop got the license to make it, you know, for us here in the states, and of course, in you know England and all that. And I just remember looking at this board, like I'm going to thoroughly enjoy this. So real quick, we go back to Chris's house. We got a pizza, and we're we're just breezing through the rules and this i'll just never forget this and he was just so animated we're playing the game and it was like on his second churn he reached into the pile of tiles and he pulled out the bottomless pit <laughs> and he lay and so we didn't know what that was and he said okay what do i got to do an attribute test so i'm reading the rules and it's like hey man you got to like get your agility or you're dead and he's oh like no God. and it's like no it's like what game would do that kill you on the second churn and sure <laughs> enough he failed the agility test fell in the bottomless pit and right then he cursed the game get this blanking game out of my blanking house I, who would make a game like this meanwhile i'm looking at this game dazzled really with like with glassy eyes i died on the fourth churn but i will I, I, and this is when me and my wife or well, girlfriend at the time wife got together and i took it home to our apartment i'm like look at this game this is so incredible and she's like shut up nerd play your game and I would sit there for hours and hours and play Dungeon Quest. But anyway, I'm sorry to deviate so much, but that's how much I love that game. And that's instantly when you said that, it takes me back to that time and now just, you know, playing that game. And the playthrough I did at Christmas for everyone, I love Dun- – I'm telling everyone right now who listens to this, there's a revised edition. Go out and buy Dungeon Quest. You'll love it. So Yeah, back in, back in the day I played Talisman several times. I actually have yes. an early version of Talisman. I love I that game I, yeah, too. I don't know if it's the third edition or which one it is, but it's an it's one from the early to mid nineties, I think it was, from Games Workshop. It was that one. So I, That's I another that game. One. That's another game too. People either love it or hate it, I think. Yes. I love it. Yeah, it it definitely is. That one is there, yeah, there's people usually aren't on the fence. It's you're right. It's either a love or hate one with that game. And it, that's like that with Dungeon Quest. But, you know, if it, it, you have to get Dungeon. If you get it, you get it. If you don't, you don't. So I'm sorry to deviate so long, but that's how endearing that game. And I have to say, after all of them, that game inspired me the most with Dungeon Crusade. And it's so different. It's a dungeon, but it's definitely not like Dungeon Quest at all. It's just, I don't know. There's something about that game that just I love. Okay, I'll, you, I'll stop talking about it now. Well, when you mention the bottomless pit, it reminds me of one of the early, one of the first MMOs that I used to play was Ashron's Call back in the day. I remember that by Microsoft. Yep, exactly. And Turbine did it, and they did you know, Lord of the yep. Rings and a bunch of other ones. And my wife and I were playing, and she was my girlfriend at the time, 
and we we made it all the way through this dungeon, and then there was like this pit, and I was like, oh, I could jump down to the bottom of this, no problem, I got this. I buff up, jump down to the bottom, boom, dead. Lost <laughs> my armor, lost a weapon, all this crap. We run all the way back through the dungeon again. I take off all my stuff, give it to her. I'm like, okay, I'm not weighted down this time. Jump, boom, another body down there. I'm like, crap. So then we had another, like a higher level person come down with us, go through all the way the dungeon, all the way third time. They buffed me up with even, you know, bigger buffs than what I had. I died a third time. I, I was like, okay, that's, I'm never getting these bodies back. I go, this is just done. <laughs> I'm trying to th- in Dungeon say there isn't a bottomless pit, but I should do something like that now. Well, you know what? Wait, I have to tell you. Actually, you know what? I'm glad you said that because, listen to this, I actually got – you know, we have four dungeons in Dungeon Crusade. There's – I call it the Origins board. That's the board that you're seeing, that everyone's seeing right now, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, our, our artist, Sean Ellis, is taking that board, going to recreate it but almost perfectly, you know, but through his, through his talent and creativity. We have um, – and uh, I've always wanted to do it in an abandoned castle. So we have a dungeon called Castle Blackwood. It's an abandoned castle. And when you go in, there's going to be a grand foyer. You know, it's all like there's debris everywhere. It's all dilapidated. Right. Um, there's going to be a, like a ballroom with a black and white checkered floor and like a royal guard room. And then a crypt area at the very surroundings of that. So that's another one of our dungeons that we're planning. There's another one called the Hidden Cavern of Lost Souls. Kind of a like a cave, caverns. And it's going to lead to a forgotten civilization and ruins. And then what I'm leading up to, the one I'm most excited about um, – David last week, and I can create. Joe, just know I can create on the fly. I, I'm just like, you can just put put me in a room and say, make a fantasy game, and I'll go at it. He said, David said the name Kaladar, and I said Kaladar, and within ten minutes, Joe, I I went, okay, wait, there's a village called um, Hunter's Watch, or no, not Hunter's Watch. It was um, Mistvale. Mistvale. I said, okay, our village of hunters are. Mistvale. Hunter's Watch deals with Castle um, Blackwood. Mistvale. There's an evil wizard named um, Kaladar. He was outcasted. He went to a, a runes and he studied dark magic there. Before he died, he riddled it with traps all over the place. So in the tomb of Kaladar, I'm going to get to actually put my dungeon quest influence in the fourth and final dungeon where it, it's going to be different from all the other ones and really deadly. There's going to be traps all over the place and in the tomb of Kaladar. And so right there, I can put my influence directly into that for people to, you know, not to rip off, rip off um, dungeon quest, but in a tip of the hat, that dungeon is going to be dedicated to that game. Cause I love it so much. So cool. they're, they're in for a treat because we have four different dungeons. All there's no samey dungeons. So, but that one is, I'm, I, I'm, I'm the most excited about. And I am going to mess up those heroes for them. They come in there. <laughs> now, when we first started talking, you had mentioned that the Dungeon Crusade that's on Kickstarter right now is kind of like the first story. I mean, I, I'm guessing there's – it sounds like you have different story arcs. How yeah. Are you going oh, to, yes. How are you going to be releasing those different story arcs in the further ones? Are, are you going to be like on – you know, like maybe like every year you're going to release a new one? Or do you have any sort of schedule possibly in mind or any idea of how you're going to be doing something like that? Yeah, and I'm going to try to be brief. I don't want to take up you know too much of your time with this, but absolutely. Here's the thing. I've written a whole story about this, as I said. When we start off now with Dungeon Crusade, there's storyboards also that I, – maybe I'll link these to you and for other people – that I wrote the first four chapters of um, the story. Mm-hmm. And I waited it, – It's good. there's eight chapters, and I stopped at chapter four because our one artist, Cameron Brown, he is really good at sketching. I would like him to redo chapters one through four because um, there's like in storyboard form right now with some little pictures of sketchings, and I'm not the world's greatest artist. I would like to take him and have him redo the chapters one through four and then chapters five through eight, and that's going to set up the events and you're going to learn about – well, right now you can learn about Emperor Sylvian, and he you know, resides in Witherbrook, um, in the village of Witherbrook. He has a wife named Ashara and their seven-year-old daughter, Mallory. And I don't want to say too much. You'll have to read because I don't want to spoil it for people. But at the start, everything is great in Avalon. You know, it's prospering. Um, you know, the, the dun- well, now the dungeons, but at the time they're bringing minerals out. Everything is great. And in a series of events, um, some tragedy happens, and you're going to see why – the land is transformed and it's kind of like some stuff about ourselves of like what could happen, um, you know, from following a dark path possibly. 
Um, and then, of course, book two and book three, I'm going to be wrapping it up. There might be a book four, but I don't believe in playing out something wearing out its welcome. Right, you know, right. I want I want to end on a high note. And then, of course, revisit Dungeon Crusade in, in years from now. But from what you said, there's a lot of content that I still wanted to give people with, with book one. And so what my plan is, is to get Dungeon Crusade, of course, done and wrapped up and everything, and come back next year, possibly do a second print run for people. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a feeling when people see the final product, they're going to say, oh, now I get what you're trying to do with this game. So it's, it's going to look glorious. I mean, this game is going to look beautiful. So hopefully we do a second print run, get those people back in if they want to play. At the same time, though, I want to come back with the first expansion and really probably the only ex- official expansion. You're going to get more themed monsters, definitely more monsters in Dungeon Crusade, more encounters. Um, you know, heroes, maybe another six heroes. We have 12 now with the addition of the new heroes we just added. But I want to do an expansion for a little more content to fill out if it's not enough already. But on the monster side, because I wanted to do more monsters themed you know, like for the Castle Blackwood and for the Tomb of Kaladar. Um, aside from that, I have smaller games. Dungeon Crusade with Groovis Games Unlimited, I, this is what I was leading up to. I want Dungeon Crusade to be like, when you see us gearing up for book two, it's going to be huge. It's just <laughs> like this, you know, you're get ready because we're going to, we're bringing the storm with, with the next book of Dungeon Crusade. However, the smaller, I have so many other games, they're not going to be nearly as big as Dungeon Crusade. You know, just something that, you know, a small strike team of artists and myself and David could knock out real quick. Right. So um, I'm thinking probably like, like 2018 for book two so we can just fill out or to me i would just want to fill out the monster ranks and maybe some more encounters and in that time you know people are there's still so much content and i don't want to just machine gun the stuff off you know like real fast um that'll give us some time to do like some of the other games that i want to do but again not nearly the size of dungeon crusade this will always be known as the the you know what Groovis games is known for right cool and that's so hopefully that answers your question a bit. Oh, definitely. I think I'm looking at my list of questions that I came up with while I was watching the videos and thinking about what I wanted to ask you. I think I have exhausted all of my questions. Is there anything else you think that we haven't discussed that you want to maybe mention yeah. about Dungeon Quest or, or Dungeon, Dungeon Crusade? Quest. Dungeon Quest. Hey, I'll you, talk. You got Dungeon <laughs> Quest on my mind. Dungeon Crusade. <laughs> hey, I'll talk about that too. I told. I love that game. You got me, now. You got me thinking about it. <laughs> You're going to get a copy of this. I'm going to send you the playthrough to let you watch this. Um, no, but in all seriousness, this is what I'd like to say about Dungeon Crusade. Guys, it's a prototype game right now, okay? And, you know, and, and I'm glad you brought this up, and, I, and we'll close out with this, that um, this is what I said, and I, I mean no disrespect to this. People go to Kickstarter, sometimes with horse blinders on, Joe, thinking they want to see cool, like cool mini or not. They come out with spectacular products like Massive Darkness. They see all that shiny plastic and, and a professional company. And then they see, you know, me, like this indie guy trying to start. Kickstarter is for everyone. It's for anyone with a creative mind and imagination. Okay. So right now, yes, our game is in prototype form, but you know, the kind of person I am, you see, I'm driven to do this. Um, the niche that we have found here, I think we're always going to do this, Joe. I think the Groovis Games Unlimited, myself and David and all our artists are going to present games to our backers and say, you know what? We're not going to just shove this game down your throat. You have no say-so in what we're giving you. You know, because there's some people, we've changed some stuff from backer requests. And so I think that our niche on Kickstarter is going to be, you know, almost like a 90% finished game but let the backers come in and say you know what we could you do this and of course let's let's look at this let's discuss it because really your backers are your lifeblood to a project and i'll never forget that it's these people that are making this happen so i will say yes they have a right to say some of the stuff that's in the game not changing huge game things you know right right. um for instance create a hero and some people were thrown off by this because like you're gonna let them create a hero well to me I think the backers would love that chance. There are so many creative people and imaginative people out there, Joe, that I said, okay, well, here's some basic archetypes. That's why I'm calling them, well, the knight, knight, archer, rogue, barbarian. Do me a favor, guys. You're into this this game, right? 
do me a favor. You name that hero for me. Write a backstory where they come from and put your name on that hero card. I want people to know that you had a part to do a Dungeon Crusade. That's our niche on Kickstarter, and we'll always, we're always going to do that. We're never going to come with a fully finished game and say, here you go. We're not changing anything. No. Groovis Games Unlimited, we want our backers to have input and some stuff. So – that's what I want to say. And in the prototype game, things are going to be changing. You're going to be seeing the exciting part, even for me, because I don't know. I'm like the backers. You're going to see all this art coming at you, like from based off the prototype game. You're really going to see this at the grassroots, you know, come to fruition to the game that it is. And I think that is really, it, truly an exciting part of, you know, seeing something like that transform into what it is. I mean, this you gotta admit this has been a real different kind of kickstarter from what's usually on there you know we're very left of center and I, i'm proud to be left of center from what i just mentioned yeah definitely and i think i think a lot of the stuff you just said there it's really refreshing you know that a company would would do something like that you know and, and include them and and i do think that that's one of the the things you can actually achieve with kickstarter and and get some of that you know kind of like hive mind you know, the, you know, the brain of everybody going on and, you know, contributing because there are so many people out there that are talented that could, you know, just make what you're creating just that much better. That, and that was exactly in, in creating this. That was paramount. I've said this from day one to give people almost an open source game, a toolbox, if you will, take it. Learn the systems of combat and how we, you know, because the quest systems are kind of intricate. Learn it and do me a favor. I want to see what you create. And on our, on when our site goes live, we're still, you know, trying to get it, this built up. You're going to have like, um, I don't know what it's going to be called, like the vault or something, user content. You're going to be able to create the stuff, download the exact templates of the quest cards, the scenarios. And now with campaign, you're going to download that. I want to give that blank templates to, for free. Say, put it into paint, paint.net, write your own quests. You know, write the story, how you want to set it up, and upload it back to the Dungeon Crusade site. That way, if you remember Neverwinter Nights, mm -hmm. Bio, yep. BioWare did that for people. Look, at, there's still people creating content that gives the product legs, and it just keeps it fresh for years, years and years. And so uh, that was paramount, to give that to people and say, here, create your dream dungeon crawl game with Dungeon Crusade. That's awesome. I think that's great, and I think it's a great game and looks spectacular, and congratulations on the successful Kickstarter. You only have a couple Thank hours you. to go. Yes, and we're trying to unlock, I, and I'm telling you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get a little animated here because, I, Joe, I want to unlock this so bad. Have you ever played <laughs> that we have at the $95,000 um, level, we have double-sided minute you know we're using i'm retro about this game we're having um and there's actually some art you can already see of this cardboard miniatures mm -hmm. you can use you can use plastic minis i've made a list for reaper miniatures you can buy your own personal collection and use plastic however at the ninety-five thousand dollar level we are going to have double-sided so like you know all of them will have their backside art and oh, cool. to me i Oh, and I want – seriously, I'm like a child beating my hands and feet on the floor, throwing a temper tantrum because I want <laughs> double-sided minis. I think that adds so much to this game. And so I hope – and it's, but it's, it's very costly to pay the artist to do that. And so that's why we had to put it at that level um, to pay them for, the, for double-sided art. It's like right. great – you know, I, I, I hope we unlock that because I'm so excited to have that in the game for people. Well, hopefully we can get the podcast uploaded here in a couple hours and that would be great. Everybody can start listening to it and you can achieve that that little goal there and and end the great Kickstarter that you've put together with a big bang there for you. That would be great, Joe, and thank you for everything you've done. No really, I wish you the best. Thank you for joining me today, and I think we're going to call it for our interview. Roger, thank you very much. We're definitely going to be staying in touch and getting together some playtime with Dungeon Crusade and maybe even Dungeon Quest 2. Who knows? Oh, yeah. You're getting that game. I promise you're going to get that game. But that's going to be it for the interview. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Well, I hope everybody enjoyed the interview that I had done with Roger. It was a really great conversation that I think we had in listening through it again. It was a lot of fun talking to him, and I want to congratulate him on his successful Kickstarter for Dungeon Crusade. Next week, we will be going back to our normal scheduled program where we have the multiple parts of the show of what I'm playing now and what I want to play now. I may also have a co-host with me finally. My wife may be joining me to actually start 
doing the podcast with me. So I'm really looking forward to that. But up until then, as always, send me some emails. Let me know what you're playing now. You can send those emails to what I'm playing now at gmail.com. You can follow us or actually join us in some conversations on Board Game Geek with our guild is 2440 What I'm Playing Now on Twitter. Follow us at What I'm Playing Now. Don't forget to drop the G, like I always say, on Facebook. Just do a search for What I'm Playing Now. Our Google Plus page is plus.google.com slash the plus sign What I'm Playing Now podcast. And then, of course, as always, our Twitch channel is twitch.tv slash What I'm Playing Now. I'd like to thank everybody for listening to this episode, and hopefully you enjoyed the interview. Hopefully I'll be able to have a couple more of these in the future, and I'd definitely like to get Roger back on maybe one once Dungeon Crusade has shipped and we can talk a little bit more about that then. Until then, everybody have a great week and you know what you should always do. Go play some games and then let me know what you're playing now. Have a great week, everybody. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.